My name is Philip Brand, and I'm the pastor here if you're visiting for the first time, and I'm glad you're here today. And um, is everybody ready, ready for Thanksgiving? Okay, that was really exciting. Is everybody ready for, for Thanksgiving? Yeah, no, not yet. So we have some pre-planners and some people that don't plan, and some people that are just going to show up at Grandma's house because she can cook and you can't, right? Is that... Is that kind of how it's, how it's going on? Yeah, so good. This morning's sermon is entitled Thank You Notes, and um, it's actually Thank You Notes Part 3. Uh, there's a reason for that, but I'm not going to tell you why. Um, so nonetheless, Thank You Notes, and um, Nicole, can you give me some Thank You Note writing music? Please? Please? Pretty, please? That, that's pretty good, but I can see the corners of your mouth. See that little thing she's wearing right there? It's kind of, yeah, kind of deal. Yeah, there we go. All right, so there's some thank you note writing music. So here we go. Thank you, goldfish, for teaching me the responsibility for caring for, oh, wait, you're dead. That ended kind of abruptly, didn't it? Are you upset over there because you look like you're frowning? You didn't really enjoy worship today, did you? No? Okay. All right, here's the next one. Thank you, people who say the phrase, I really shouldn't, for letting me know you're about to eat a lot of my fries. So y'all are the people that do that. Oh, I really shouldn't eat those fries. Come on, you've never been out? All right, here we go. Ready? You ready? Oh, good. You had a little smile on your face. That was awesome. Great. I feel better about going home after this. Thank you for those of you who blow out the candles on birthday cake because there's nothing I want to eat more than dessert my friends have spit upon. Tell me you haven't thought that. And the little kid that usually spits on the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can tell you right now I had the ice cream. (laughs) Right now. Right. Here we go. Thank you, fire extinguishers behind glass, for basically saying, let's add some broken shards of glass to this already dangerous situation. I'm just saying, boom, oh, I'm bleeding, but we're on fire. Okay, yeah. Y- y'all don't ever imagine this when you're someplace that you see it behind there? Never thought of that before? Yeah. Break glass to get to the fire extinguisher. Okay, I'm breaking out of here before I get that fire extinguisher is what I'm going to do. All right, here we go. Ready? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Farmington Water for providing all the kids for our preschool department. By the way, the Harwells are now pregnant. She has drank the water, so y'all can congratulate hers after, after the service. So let's give them a hand. All right, guys. Wow. That's awesome. So there you go. All right, here we go. 
Thank you, Cool Whip, for being whipped cream that has a pretty high opinion of itself. I'm just saying. A little prideful, that whipped cream. All right. Thank you, ladies, for asking, does this make me foot... Oh, wait, wait. Does this make me look fat? Instead of... Does this make me feel enormous so that we can tell the truth? That went well in the test group. All right, good. Give Nicole a hand for doing that. All right, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. That's where we're going to start today. Um, Luke chapter 17. You're right, Tracy. You're the only one that thought that last one was funny. Yeah, yeah. See, the guys didn't know if they should laugh and the ladies didn't laugh, so they're not going to laugh if the ladies don't laugh. That's how that kind of works, type deal. Because I'm not going to submit that it was bad. All right, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. says this. On the way to Jerusalem, he, that's Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I, I know that none of you have ever had leprosy. But to have leprosy, a skin disease, or any type of disease that is very prominent on you, let's say shingles, for you to be told to go and show it to the priest and all of a sudden that to be gone would have been an amazing moment for you. It's gone. It's absolutely incredible. Something special has just happened. Verse 15 says, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. That means that the nine others were Jews who had grown up in the temple, who knew about the power of God, who had heard the stories about Moses, and the Samaritan probably had two, had a concept of all of that, but it's the Samaritan that was an outcast that came back to thank Jesus. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus um, would have been in big trouble in today's culture. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. There was only one of them that came back to give Jesus thanks. This shows a lack of gratitude for what had been done for them by the power of Almighty God. The other nine had probably started playing Christmas music on November the 1st. 
It's probably what happened instead of Thanksgiving music. Or it was something that they just, they just were so excited they forgot to go back. Or maybe they just felt like this is what should have happened all along. I don't know why they did not go back to tell Jesus thank you. But this is what I do know. The Samaritan realized the worth of what had happened and who had done it for him. And he went back and bowed down and said thank you. Now, this morning, I have, we have given everybody in the room a thank you card. If you don't have a thank you card, raise your hand because Mr. Carl is going to bring it to you. So there's some hands raised all over, all over here. So keep your hands raised so you can get that thank you card. What I want you to do is as we do this message and as we go through thank yous and a scripture that says thank you, I want you to write down on your card a thank you to God for something that he has done for you, Okay for something he has done for you. So anytime during the service, I want you to write that down. I want you to put it in your envelope. And at the end of the service, we're going to come up and place them in the manger. That is what we're going to do. Okay? So whatever it is, just write it down. Say, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Seal it. And then at the end, we're going to come up and that, that is where this thing is going. So we have a couple of other hands raised here. Gwen doesn't have one. A couple here in the middle and one over here on the side. So, just keep your hands raised. Yeah, just a couple. Just a couple, that's fine though. All right? So, while he's doing that, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to the next passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. So, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. one verse four. We have one right here, two up from the, three up from the back that needs one. Um, Brad, there's one here and one there, and then two in the back. Brad and, Brad and Carrie in the back need one too, so these two, and I think you'll be done. All right. First Corinthians chapter one, verse four. We'll read there. It says this, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you are enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. Here, Paul is thanking the Corinthians for the grace of God that has been shown to them and nothing more. I might put it to you like this. In other passages of Scripture, Paul thanks people for several things. He thanks them for their faith, that's in Romans. He thanks them for their partnership in the gospel, Philippians chapter 1, verse 5. He thanks people for their faith and love, that's Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. He thanks people for the hope that they display in their lives, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. But here in Corinthians, all he thanks them for is for the grace of God. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul couldn't think of anything else to thank this church for in Scripture but the grace of God being shown to them. It would be kind of like this. It would be kind of like if I was to say to Quint, which I wouldn't do this, but I would say to Quinn, Quinn, I am very thankful that your mother 
has made sure that your clothes are clean, that you have clean clothes to wear. I am very thankful that your mother has put dinner on the table so that you can eat, and I'm very thankful that your mother has taken you to school. I'm not thanking Quinn for anything. I'm thanking him for what his mother has done for him. It would be saying to Quinn that I have absolutely nothing else to thank you for other than stuff you haven't done. Provisions that have been provided for you that you really don't deserve, but because of grace, you are getting. And at the very beginning of 1 Corinthians, right before he just gets onto them for a ton of things throughout the entire book, Paul is telling the Corinthians, I can't think of anything I can thank you for other than I'm thankful that the grace of God has been shown in your life, that you are still here so that you can make some of this stuff right. Now, this Thanksgiving, there's going to be some of us that go to uh, family gatherings where there's going to be those individuals that are called family that we have to put up with for the next couple of hours, and we pray that they eat enough turkey to take a nap so we don't have to deal with them anymore. Come on, right? And there are those family members that we look at, that we struggle with, that we're like, man, I don't even know I, if... I love them, but I'm not really glad that they're in my family. There is just some people in your family and some people that you've been connected with that you can't think of a reason to give thanks to God for them at all. Here in this passage of Scripture, Paul demonstrates that you can always thank God for the grace that he has bestowed upon them so that they can still be alive, so that they have time to get some things right. Is everybody following me? So the struggles of people that we have this Thanksgiving and maybe, maybe we couldn't sit down and we couldn't write, well, what would I thank Cousin Bob for? He's, he's gone down the wrong road. He's not living correctly. He's addicted to drugs. He's not treating his family right. He's just cranky all the time. He's just, oh, I just can't think of anything to, to thank Cousin Bob for. Well, Paul is demonstrating here that you can always thank Give thanks to God for demonstrating his grace toward Bob and leaving him alive because Bob still has a chance to change. If the only thing you can do is thank God for the grace that he has shown someone, that is an amazing thing to thank someone for. And then you pray for them. I also find that this particular way of, of doing things, thank God for his grace, is a way that I can actually get through a Thanksgiving meal with people. I know you're looking at me like I should love everybody, but come on, really? I do love everybody, but come on. You have that person in your family. Don't be a hypocrite this church. There are some people that just aren't right, but they're still here. And if they're still here, it's just because of the grace of God that they are here, and you thank God for that. They still have a chance. They still have a chance to change. They still have a chance to receive Jesus as their Savior. They still have a chance. I am thankful for the grace that he bestowed upon them. And that is precisely what Paul is doing here in 1 Corinthians. I'm thankful 
Even though it's hard for me to be thankful for these people, I'm still thankful because God values them enough to display grace. Okay? Next passage is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, if you'll turn there. Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 3 through 4. And this is what it says. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. What Paul is saying here is if you have a heart of thanksgiving, you would not be involved in sexual immorality. If you have a heart of thanksgiving you would not be involved in impurity. You would not be involved in filthiness. You would not be involved in crude joking. You would not be saying things that are out of place. Paul is saying here that a heart that is thankful is one that doesn't have these items within its heart. It's overflowing with thanksgiving because it realizes what it has. It's realizing the, the value of Jesus. A heart of thanksgiving overflows, and those things are not a part of a person's heart that is really thankful. Now, let me pause here a moment. We always talk about, and when I say we, last 10 years, I've always focused on those family members in the family that are really difficult to be with and what to do about those people. The reason we bring up this passage of Scripture today is we have never approached the issue of if you are that family member. Right? Right? The reason I haven't is because I really like everybody in this room. I I do. I, I can't. I can't see that anybody in this room would be a problem for their family. But maybe you're the problem. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's me. Don't shake your head. Bit. Don't. What are you doing? He's like, he's like, yeah, it's probably, probably us. Yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, so what if, what if it's you? What actually comes out of your mouth at your Thanksgiving meal when you're around your family? Is it stuff that's good? Is it foolish talk? Is it you're against that family member? Is it this? Is it family members right here? We'll say the beautiful balls are in my family, right? And I go over over here to the Carters, and they're in my family too. And I'm like, man... Man, I cannot believe that she oh, is here to, she just smells so bad. <laughs> she smells so bad. Or can you believe the way she's raising her kids? I mean, are we, it, did, did we have the same mother? I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and it's that conversation. Or they said this on Facebook. Or this was uh, 
definitely said in a way that was pertaining to me and and they're here now and she said this and I said this and we go over here in the corner and we have these conversations. It is at that point that you are the problem. A heart of thankfulness does not do that. A heart of thankfulness looks at that moment as family, as family, as people to eat with, and you're at least thankful that the grace of God has allowed them to live this long because there is still hope. Right? What if it's you? What if it is your attitude that is causing it? I'll tell you how, how you know. How do you walk into the room? Do you walk into the room, oh, Lord, could they just be late? Or do you drive in the driveway like I have a couple of times and went, great, they're already here. (sighs) So the family goes in, right, and I'm in the car just a moment, just counting to 10, get out of the car, and we go into the house. I mean, how do you approach it? If you are going with a heart of thanks, you really don't spend time in the car. You don't have to get yourself in check. You're already thankful. You're thankful to be there that day. You're thankful for God. You're thankful for his grace. And you are going to make it through with his strength. What if you are the problem? Raise your hand if you want to be that person that nobody in the family wants to be around. Right, none of us do. So we need to make sure that we are not that individual. So as you're looking at your thank you note, you're thinking about what to write, keep that in mind. Now, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. And this is what it says. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. If you underline anything in your Bible, underline that. A kingdom, receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. You know, the world is a very shaky place, isn't it? It's a very shaky place. In fact, um, it is is amazingly shaky. If you read any of the news headlines, you're you're shook to the core. When you find out some things that maybe your your kids are learning in school, you're, you're shaken a little bit. How in the world did we get here? When we think in terms of what's happening in Hollywood, How did we get here? Well, 1992 is probably the first step. And then it just progressed, and it progressed, and it progressed, right? So how how in the world did we get to, how did we get so oddly out of whack in our culture? Here, it says, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
This world can be shaken, but the kingdom I'm receiving cannot be shaken. Leaders can come and go, and they can lead the country in a particular direction, or they can lead the country in this direction, whatever they do. They come and go, and it's kind of shaky. You're not really sure what exactly is going on, but we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It is a kingdom that is governed by the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, and they're all in it together. It is a perfect kingdom that is just as eternal as God himself. It is a kingdom that you can be a part of if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. It is an unshakable kingdom. I am grateful that I am receiving the kingdom of God. I am thankful that this world is not all that there is. I am grateful that there is something more and there's a new day coming. And when I pass away, I will have a new body and be with Jesus in heaven without having to worry about my health care, what's going to happen in the church on Sunday, if somebody's going to come in and shoot, if there's going to be this, if there's going to be that, if this is going to happen, if my bank account is going to be able to cover my bills, if I am going to survive in this life, I am thankful that I am receiving a kingdom that is solid, stable, and where I will never have to worry or cry ever again. Oh, come on. It is what gets us through this life. I am thankful for all of that. Look, I, I'm thankful I'm receiving a kingdom that if you do sleep up there, which nobody knows if you sleep or not, I don't know if you sleep or if you're just up all the time praising Jesus or if you're trying to figure out how the streets of gold can be like, you can look through it, but you're still walking on it and the wow factor of the whole thing. I don't, I don't know how all of that works. I don't know if you can't. I don't know if there's caffeine up there so when you get sleepy, you can have more caffeine so that you can stay up worshiping Jesus. I don't know how any of that works. I think that filet mignon is up there, but that's about the only thing that I think is worthy of being in heaven is filet mignon with yeah, it medium, oh, it's just, but there's no killing in heaven, so how do you have filet mignon? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how all that works out, but this is what I know. I'll be able to get up out of my bed and not have to worry about being sick again. I'll be able to get up out of my bed and not have to worry about forgetting stuff. I'll be able to get up out of my bed and I'll be able to walk around without pain. I'll be able to get up out of my bed and not put my contacts in. Do I have a witness? Yeah, I'll, I'll be able to get up out of my bed. And I don't know if you've seen me with my glasses, but it's like Coke bottles, that's what Tanya says. So um, Coke bottles, and they weigh on my nose. So my nose kind of goes like this, and it changes my voice because they're so heavy, right? I would just like to get up and not even have to worry about all that stuff. And that's what it is. I'm receiving a kingdom that is perfect. And that is something I'm grateful for. God did not have to bring you or I into his ruling mix. The fair thing for him to do was for all of us to perish for the sins that we've committed. God was immensely unfair when he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins and shed his blood for us. I should not have that kingdom. I am grateful for that. I think the heart of gratefulness comes when we begin to realize that there's a lot of things in this world that we have, that we possess, that we don't deserve. 
That's when we're grateful. When we realize that the car that we're driving, we don't necessarily need to have, it's just a blessing from God. The food that we're eating is not necessarily something that, yeah, we work for, but it's still a blessing from God. It's the moment that we begin to understand there is something bigger going on in our lives and supplying our needs that's far greater than us, and he is awesome. And we become grateful for that because we know we do not deserve it. Amen? It's a grateful heart. I am receiving a kingdom. I also think maybe if you ever get to speak up in heaven, you don't have to worry about microphones and moving them on your ear and stuff. I think that would be awesome. So, when the, when the world gets shaken, remember, the kingdom that we are receiving cannot be shaken. Here's a couple more verses. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. I am thankful today that God's love never, ever quits. right? We kind of started this thing with family members, right? And the ones that you don't like too much, and I know some of you are very reserved with that. And then we talked about maybe you might be the one that nobody likes, right? We kind of talked about that a little bit. I struggle sometimes loving family members. God never struggles. I sometimes quit loving family members. God never quits, God never quits loving me, and he never quits loving you. I am thankful for that. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Forever. Next screen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Our God is something, is, is a person that does stuff for us that we should tell everybody about. Maybe the approach this Thanksgiving is to just do that. We get to the meal and we just thank the Lord for everything that he has done for us this year, for his love, for his mercy, for his grace, and for providing for our needs. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Now, I hope that you've written something down on your card. But if you haven't, you still have time. I have invited a special guest to be with us today. And he's going to come out and uh, he's going to write some thank you notes. This is the Apostle Paul. He's currently in prison. And um, in the Bible, not currently, I guess. And so he's going to help us with this portion of the thank you notes. So go ahead. To the church at Corinth. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the victory we have in Jesus. For it was sin that made death so frightening and guilt that gave sin its leverage. Thank you for the Holy Spirit showing us sin's destructive power and the victory we could have over it by receiving you as our Savior. Thank you for that moment of acceptance of the gospel where in one victorious stroke of life, sin, guilt, death no longer had power over us. Thank you, thank you for that amazing gift. To the beloved at Thessalonica, 
For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. For we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as it is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love for every one of you, for one another, is increasing. Members and full-time visitors of Farmington Baptist Church, you know who you are, full-time visitors. Thank you for being here, for seeing God and being my friends. You bring me much joy. During the week, as I pray for you, I look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning at services and events. You need to know, friends, that thanking God over and over for you is not only a pleasure for me as your pastor, it is a must. I have to do it. Your faith is growing phenomenally. Your love for each other is developing wonderfully. Why, it's only right that I give thanks. I am proud of you. You are so steadfast. You are so steady and determined in your faith despite all the hard times that have come down on you. Despite the times that the circus is in the form of a sermon, you still come, you still show up because you understand we are not here to see a man. We are here to see Jesus. I am so thankful for you I tell everyone I can about you. Keep up the good work of accomplishing the high calling we have as a church in Christ Jesus our Lord. To my beloved brothers and sisters at Corinth, thank you because by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from the confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Thank you, church, for stepping up your game when it came to giving to God. Last year, you gave and made it possible to purchase property that is needed for the expansion of Jesus' church. You followed him as you chose to give. Thank you for stepping up last month in this one, in your giving to God. I had been concerned that we would not be able to accomplish some of the things God had placed in front of us to do because we had a few very bad months when it came to our tithes and offerings. But over the last few weeks, for some reason, you have stepped up your game and offerings have increased. And if it states, and if it stays at this place or better, we will be able to recover from what we did what we did not get earlier in this year and move forward the way God wants us to in spreading the gospel and making disciples in our community and around the world. Thank you for having the faith to trust God and give what God requires of you. Thank you to everyone who contributes to the food pantry and benevolence fund here at the church. This involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgivings to God. Each time we help someone in this way, the people are thankful, and those involved are thankful they have been able to help. This relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plan, meaning the plain meaning of the message of Christ. You show your gratitude though you're, 
through your generous offerings to your needy brothers and sisters and really toward everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives, they respond by praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, his gift. No language can praise it enough. Dear church, I want to encourage you to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, Lord, that time I had to listen to that person that was crazy? Thank you for that. It helped me grow. You know that time that Duke beat UNC? Thank you for letting that happen. I say this for others, Lord, for sorrow and for joy. Thank you, Boyd West, for being faithful to God and your mother in her last days. Thank you, Chip Bailey, for continuing to come to church even though you had eye issues that greatly concerned you. Your faith in staying steady with God is an inspiration. Thank you, Keith Miller, for all you do at this church on the grounds, even when your shoulder is hurting. Our prayer is that that shoulder will get better and they'll figure out what to do about it. But thank you for your service even through the pain. Nicole, thank you when you trip over something that isn't there. You bring much joy to our hearts, though we are concerned about your ballots. Thank you for not drinking, because that would make it worse. Thank you, Lord, for the struggles we have with raising our kids. Thank you, Lord, for the joys of seeing our children succeed. Thank you, Lord, for the struggles we have with that sin that likes to creep back up in our lives. Thank you for overcoming that sin and pushing it back when we lean on your power. Thank you, Lord, in the times that our bank account is good, and thank you, Lord, for when our bank account is low. Thank you, Father, when we see you bringing people to salvation because then we feel like What we are doing here matters not only to the world, but to you. Thank you, Father, when people join the church. We give thanks for each and every one and the group that is here. Father, thank you for hot weather and cold, for rain and sunshine. Thank you for each day we are able to live regardless of the circumstances. It is a moment we can represent you. Thank you for that privilege. My beloved son, Timothy, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, day and night. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. Thank you, Father, for those that have left our church. Alethea? I guess you had to get married and move away. But I'm also thankful that you now have a child, something that you said while you were here you would never have, but now you do. I pray that that will go well for you. 
Thank you, Nate McCartney, for everything that you did here. And we are thankful that God is using you at another church in another way. Thank you, David and Bonnie Washburn, for responding to the call to help a church that is struggling by leading their worship. We pray for you daily and thank God for your input in that church. Thank you to Nick Decker, <laughs> who learned how to use duct tape and not mess with Robin Stapler while he was here. We are thankful for what God is doing in your life. We're thankful for Aaron Eaton, who has left and got married. He is doing very well. We're thankful, Aaron, for your mercy and your compassion. You have an amazing gift from God in that. To my dear church at Colossae, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Finally, Farmington Baptist, live in the life that Jesus has given you. Be deeply rooted in him, study his word to get to know him, and live it and let all the knowledge you receive spill over into thanksgiving. Not into complaint, but into thanksgiving. Not into hate, but into thanksgiving and praise. And even when you have those times where you just can't think of any notorious reason to be thankful for a person or for a circumstance, always go back to God's grace. We can always be thankful for that. Amen? Yeah, sure. So at this time, I'd like the worship team to come forward, and I would like, during this time, I'll dismiss you by sections so you can come up and place your thank you note into the, the manger, and then go right back to your seat. And this will be how we wrap up our service. Let's pray.